Good morning, GBC family. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there. Uh, I hope you enjoy this day on this Lord's Day. Uh, I hope that you're able to get all of the gifts that you've been wanting for this Mother's Day. I just hope that it'd be a great time of celebration, and we're grateful for all of our mothers. Please turn with me in your copy of God's Word to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 3 through 11. I'm going to begin with an introduction here. Uh, Many people today in the COVID-19 climate have many concerns and many fears. People are suffering in many ways. People talk about how they want things to change. Employees want their jobs back. Students want to go back to school. Hikers and beachgoers are tired of being inside. Workers are tired of working long hours. Others are concerned about getting sick. And then some would even question God. Why? And still, others are ready to fight. I've seen protesters on both sides. Some say, stay home. Others in response are saying, enough already, I'm free. People are worried. Citizens on both sides are gearing up for a fight. People are mad at the CDC and the president. They want to fight against the government. People are dying from the COVID-19. And then vigilantes are taking the law in their own hands. People are angry. People are tired, and for some, bitterness is sitting in. These concerns lead to distress, leads to anger, frustration, loss, anxieties of various kinds, and even grief. Recently, there's been a lot of things to consider, and I understand we're in difficult times. Many of you are suffering in many ways, but there is a word from the Lord. The the Apostle Paul experienced a lot of suffering. He's been in a riot for preaching Christ as the way to God. People have plotted to kill him. He was flogged and put in prison. He's been under emotional stress, but he survived and his fate often was renewed. So we're going to survey our text to see what benefits come from suffering and why. Follow along with me in today's passage as I read from 2 Corinthians 1, beginning at verse 3. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 
For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely on God, not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Amen. May God add a blessing to the readers and doers of his most holy word. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, we come before you, Lord God, with humble hearts. We pray that you would help us to have clear minds in receiving your word today. We pray that you would speak to us through your word, speak to our circumstances, our concerns, uh, speak to our worries, our emotional stresses. Speak to the weightiness that we are carrying. Lord God, help us to know that you are truly the God of all comfort. Help us, Lord, to know that you are our refuge and strength, our present help in the time of trouble. Help us to remember the promises that you have given us. May your word go forward with power, convicting our hearts, bringing about a change in us. Lord, we ask all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. I've entitled uh, the message, Why Should I Have to Suffer? Let's consider these four points. What is suffering for? Point number one. What can I expect from suffering? Point number two. Why am I suffering? Point number three. And how should I respond to suffering? Point number four. What is suffering? Suffering is defined as, and I quote, the experience of pain or distress, both physical and emotional. Scripture is thoroughly realistic about the place of suffering in the world and in the lives of believers. To become a Christian is not 
to escape from suffering, but to be able to bear suffering with dignity and with hope, unquote. According to the text, we know that God the Father comforts us during our afflictions. He allows us to go through a variety of trials so that our faith would be proven to be genuine. In the process of suffering, our faith grows. We are made to become more like Christ and less like ourselves. We waste too much time trying to please everybody else instead of obeying God. I know you haven't, but in all honesty, I have. I have missed so many opportunities trying to please other people. Some of you can relate because you've been trying to please mama and daddy. You've been trying to uh, please men. Uh, men, you've tried, tried to please your wives. And, and ladies, you've been trying to please your husbands. Some of us are trying to appease our coaches. Or you've tried to satisfy your teachers and professors. What about your coworkers and supervisors? Ever wanted to please them? Now, there's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with honoring and serving the people that's a part of our circle of influence. But when that becomes performance-based, it's no longer being done for the glory of God, nor is it done for our good. Will my faith be tested and tried? Yes. But it has a purpose, and it's being done according to God's plan for our lives. As believers, we can expect suffering and challenging circumstances to happen at some point in our lives. It's our Christian call. The Lord Jesus stated to his disciples that they would endure persecution. He said in Matthew 10, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. God did not call us to believe and run in fear. Nor did he call us to avoid suffering. We are pilgrims on our way to that celestial city. And we are called to suffer in the same way Christ did with purpose and with meaning. In Acts 14.22, it reminds us that when we suffer, we must continue in the faith. We must enter the kingdom of God through tribulations. Actually, the text says many tribulations. And so we can expect all sorts and all kinds of suffering. Though we will have our fair share of trials and tribulations, we can face it with confidence and hope that is not from this world nor man. We've been given divine promises never to be broken. If we approach suffering with the, mind, with the right mindset, suffering could actually be a spring for, springboard for its character development. 
In 2 Timothy 3 and 12, Paul tells Timothy, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If we're suffering, we must ask ourselves, why? Then we ought to ask ourselves, why am I suffering in this way? We should view suffering according to the scriptures. The Lord believes that suffering really is commendable. In Matthew 5, 10 through 12, the Lord Jesus declares, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Also in 2 Timothy 1 verses 8 and 9, Paul states to Timothy, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoners, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So, do you have this mind? Or do you have this in mind when you suffer for righteousness? Do you think of yourself as being blessed? After you have suffered, do you think of it as a gift from God? Obviously, there's a a certain kind of attitude we ought to have as believers when we suffer. It just goes to show us how we must depend upon God. Because to the world, this would be strange. What do you mean suffer? I mean, what do you mean be joyful in the midst of suffering? You're talking crazy. What are you talking about? But, but, but when we understand that it's all a part of God's plan and purpose, we can find God to be our refuge and strength, a present help in a time of trouble. So if not, if we're not uh, seeing this as seeing suffering as a blessing, our minds are not set upon the things of God. In trials, but rather they may be on ourselves. And so we must change. Why? Because God is allowing us to suffer so that we might be blessed by sharing in the sufferings of Christ. And don't miss that. We have an opportunity to come alongside Christ and suffer along, alongside him for his glory. And so, think about it. You would never know what comfort is had not you first learned through pain. 
suffering brings us closer to God. When was the last time you said you want to be closer to God? Did you ever think that your pain was given to you because you prayed to be closer to God? We can never know God intimately without suffering. Paul understood this. That's why he can say, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our afflictions. No one can say that unless they've been through something. According to verse 4 and verse 7, God allows us to suffer so that we might be in deep fellowship with one another. In verse 4, Paul says, he who comforts us in our suffering comforts us so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with comfort. With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And then in verse 7 it says, Our hope for you is unshaken for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you would also share in our comfort. These verses show that our suffering can be profitable because it creates deep fellowship. And I truly believe uh, we've been uh, having opportunities to experience this in many of our community groups. We've been able to share with one another. We've been able to pray. Uh, we find this also in the women's group and the men's, men's group as well. Uh, because we're in these, this season of uncertainty, uh, we're able to share our deep thoughts in this era of COVID-19. We've had to make some adjustments. We had to make some changes and sometimes that don't always feel good we've had to deal with stay at home orders we're banned from working some of us have lost our jobs others are kept from earning a living to provide for their families we can't go about our regular routines we are banned from certain activities we are forbidden from worshiping together even though God has commanded us in Hebrews 10 so with, with all that's going on, we've had opportunity to share ways we've suffered. And this has, al has allowed us to have deeper fellowship than before. And, and maybe it was God's plan after all to teach us through suffering to share each other's burdens. And prayer is often the vehicle in sharing our burdens. We find that in our prayer meetings where some deep things come out, where we're able to come alongside people and say, I, I didn't know you were, you were going through that. I, I didn't know you were struggling with that. Can I call you this week? Can, I, can we meet tomorrow? I just want you to know I'm there for you. If you, if you need anything, let me know. It's opportunity. 1 Corinthians 12, 26, the text says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Deep fellowship. Deep fellowship means we are sharing things in common. 
It means we are unified in the faith. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That's deep fellowship. Suffering allows for brothers and sisters in Christ to understand one another in ways the world cannot know. Our pain deepens our relationships. Suffering is a benefit for coming together in prayer. We're able to speak a language that the unbelieving world cannot understand. The Lord knew he was going to suffer. He never turned away from it. The Lord knew he would be killed. He knew a cross was awaiting him, yet the Lord never complained about it, and he never expressed fear of any kind. He rejected anything contrary to the Father's will. He suffered so that he might comfort us in our sufferings. May we draw closer to God and one another through our sufferings for the sake of Christ. In Greek, the word share means partner. It means companion. And so, uh, verses 5, 6, and 7 mentions this word four times, showing both fellowship with Christ and fellowship with the brethren. In other words, Christians are partners and companions with God and one another in the sufferings of Christ. Pain allows for brothers and sisters in Christ to understand one another in ways the world cannot know. Our suffering deepens community. Because the Lord suffered on our behalf to save us, we're able to have a deeper relationship with him. The Lord knew he was going to suffer. He knew all of these things, yet he never complained about it. Point number two, what can I expect from suffering? Verse five says, for as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. In verse five, we see that the apostles suffered in many ways, and the text says that they had more than their fair share. They suffered abundantly. Have you suffered abundantly? Just something for us to think about. You see, as Christians, we, we must suffer. Too many Christians run away from suffering, and some would even dare to question God as if he did something wrong. What is that? We, we know that God is not immoral. Can we tell God what to do? Of course not. As Christians, we are, we are called to this. Therefore, we are to run towards it. Not foolishly, but faithfully. As God works out his plan for our lives through everyday means, we must be ready to accept it and even suffer for it. 
If God is building his kingdom, then we are to share in the sufferings of Christ. We are called to a life of sacrificial services to God, even, we are, even when we are wrongfully accused. In 1 Peter 3.17, it says, for it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Sometimes God is working out his plan through the sinful nature of man. Suffering is commendable when we suffer for the sake of Christ. Those committed to self-improvement, health, wealth, and prosperity believe you're, you're not supposed to suffer at all. You're supposed to have your best life now. False doctrine, false teaching. In contrast to this idea, the scriptures demand that Christians suffer for the sake of Christ so that we might rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. First Peter 4.13 says that as we share in the sufferings of Christ, we also share in the joy of Christ when he returns. And his glory is revealed. And according to our text in verse 5, it says that as we share in the sufferings of Christ, we also share abundantly in his comforts too. So when we go through trials, what can we expect from suffering? According to the text, we can expect an abundance of comfort and joy in anticipation of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. One day, he's coming back. And it's all going to be worked it. Everyone loves a good comeback. And God is setting up the scene that though the enemy looks like he has the lead, but then the comeback is trekking and trekking and trekking until we're running through the tape and the race is over. And we're crowned with the king. Victory is ours. And so we can look forward and anticipate and say, come, Lord Jesus. In, in verses 6 through 9, Paul is trying to help us see the benefit of suffering. That leads us to our next point. Why am I suffering? Many of us have Ask the question, why me, Lord? Why, why now? H have you learned to suffer for the sake of Christ? We, we know we will experience suffering at some point because the scripture teaches us. So if the scripture says that Christians will suffer, and they do, then if we're not suffering to some degree, are we living for Christ or could we be living for our own comfort? Do, do we want to just relax and take it easy? God allows suffering in our lives so that we can be together to share in one another's suffering. We're not to go at it alone. God wants fellowship with us. He wants us to fellowship with one another. And so Paul wanted to be relieved from his afflictions. But the Lord said no. The Lord said no. 
But the point was the Lord said no because he was reprocessing his mind through suffering. Remember in the beginning when Paul was going to be saved, God had said that he will suffer for me. And so at the very beginning of his ministry, God was preparing him for a life of suffering for the sake of the gospel. And so you see, his suffering, our suffering, are not without purpose. In response to God, Paul stated in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness. I'm content with insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then am I strong. According to to verse 6, there are three reasons why we suffer. First, we suffer so that we are comforted and renewed ourselves. Second, we, we suffer to be comforted by God, the God of all comfort. And third, we suffer so that we may be able to patiently endure the same kinds of sufferings others have suffered. As a Christian over the years... I've heard many prayers prayed. I've heard many prayers uttered. And the ones that stood out the most felt like you was in the presence of God. You you can tell that whoever prayed spoke with God regularly. Christians who experience trials and have suffered spend time with God and they have learned to pray and to rely upon God for all of life. Suffering is part of the refining process. We must accept it. It helps us to rely more on God. Paul understood this. That's why in describing his suffering, he said in verse 8, for we do not want you to be unaware. We don't want you to be ignorant or uninformed brothers of the affliction, the pain we experience in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired all of life, life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. Sounds like emotional stress, anxieties, right? Uh, Hopelessness. Uh, He was facing death. He was at least contemplating these things. Paul and those with him were suffering so deeply that they felt the presence of death. They thought to themselves that they would soon die. The only thing that kept them was their faith. Notice what he says next. He's giving us the reason why he suffered about his suffering. About his suffering, he states, but, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God. But that was, speaking of the suffering, 
Here's what the pain was for. But that was to make us rely on, not on ourselves, but on God. And then he puts a little power behind it. You know God, the God of all comfort, the one who raises the dead. That's him. Yeah, that's the one. He's the one who's going to comfort us. He's the one that's going to bring us through the trial. Not even death can hold you back. That's the comfort we have. The God of all comfort. Nothing can stop us. For we know that God loves us. And so, the Lord through suffering develops character. In Romans 5, 3, and 4, Paul states, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. So why are you suffering? We're suffering at times because God is reprogramming us to rely more on him. He's the divine engineer. God is the head surgeon. He knows what we need with perfect precision. God, according to his divine wisdom, never gets it wrong. Next, so how should we, how should you respond to suffering? We should always acknowledge God when he delivers us and trust he will do it again. If we're willing to obey God, we must count the cost and realize the risk. Paul said to the Corinthians, God has delivered them from the risk of death. He's reflecting upon past experiences, and we must do the same. We must remember what God has done. Paul himself is regenerating hope from the previous works done by God. His mind is captivated by God's loving kindness. He's captivated by the fact that God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so this verse is similar to what he said in verses 3 and 4. Listen once again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Know, my brothers and sisters, that God is ready to give you comfort. He says, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to have deep fellowship, to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves were comforted by God. Now, listen to verse 10. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him, this is good. On him, not ourselves, on him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. That's the confidence we have in going forward and knowing about the God of all comfort is that he did it before, he'll do it again, and he's at work right now. God is a faithful comforter. Suffering is our calling, but it's not a hopeless call. There are promises 
and much comfort and love and compassion and peace that flows from God through suffering. The Lord Jesus said in John 14, leaves these comforting words with us for times like these. He states in John 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Then a couple of verses down in verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither neither let them be afraid. Remove the fear. Focus on God, what he has done, what he has left for us in keeping his promises, in keeping his word. He says, don't be afraid. In closing this, this word of encouragement, Paul reminds this church of the value of prayer. In verse 11, he states, you also must, must help us. It's as if Paul was saying, brothers, we, sister, we, we, need, we really need you. We need your prayers. Please do spend time with God. We, we, we need you to pray. You also must help us by prayer. It's just, just a reminder that, that everyone has a role. Everyone can participate. You don't have to have a, a, a special calling or, or things of that nature or be the preacher or, or whatever it is. You, you can just pray. You can participate in the things of God and you could be a blessing to the church. How many prayers have gone forth and people have been blessed. Lives have been changed through the prayers of the saints. So he says, so he says, you also must pray. Help us through prayer so that many would give thanks. Right? Because that's what prayer leads to. When we pray and God work, the God of all comfort, we can't help but bend our knees and thank God for it. Give thanks is the next thing, is the next thing. On our behalf for the blessing granted to us through the prayers of many. Prayer is such a valuable asset. Brothers and sisters, don't neglect it. Take hold of it. It's most, it's a most prized possession. Prayer is the means and the way in which we come to know God in salvation. Through prayer, he gives us what we don't deserve and he shields us from what we do. His grace is sufficient. Someone listening to me may be suffering. I want you to know that you're not alone. The Lord Jesus Christ redeemed humanity through suffering upon a cross. He gave himself as a ransom to pay for sin once and for all through a one-time sacrifice. He died a vicarious death. In other words, he, he did for you what you could not do for yourself. He died in your place. If you want to be made right with God, believe in his name. Believe he died for your sin. Believe that he was buried. Believe that he was raised from the grave and is now at the right hand of the Father. Believe in him and you too 
like us by grace through faith will be saved. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, oh, how we thank you for being the God of all comfort. Thank you for teaching us how we must deal and see sufferings in our lives, anticipating the blessings that you have in store for us. Oh, God, help us to be clear, to be intentional. Help us to consider these things and knowing that you are a God who sovereignly rules and is working all things together for your good for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you. And once again, we pray for all of our mothers that you would bless them on this day. In Jesus' name, amen.